0: You can go ahead, if you would, and find uh, two places this morning in your Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, and over in uh, Mark chapter 9. I'm going to talk to you today about the reality that believing is loving. Believing is loving. We've been talking about, you know, supernatural increase, and of course we're not going to get there without faith, without believing God. But we've got to understand today the connection between our faith and the concept, the Bible concept of love. Actually, love is the switch that activates our believing. If you're not walking in love, you can't possibly walk in the faith of God. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Raise your hand if you believe in him. And how many you believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Yes. Hebrews 6.12 tells us, we don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. We understand that faith is key, but the only variable, put it this way, it's not the only variable that matters is our faith. Patience matters, and you'll see today that love matters as well. Many believers that have been walking in the spirit of faith, many believers have been exercising their faith, and yet they're not seeing God's best in their lives. Their heart cry today is, why isn't this working? Oftentimes, before we go around here and fro and trying to figure this out in the natural, if we'll just stop and pause and ask ourselves one simple question, we'll find the answer what is our love life right now what is our walk with love right now how are we doing in terms of loving God and loving people because I tell you most of the time if your face not working it's because we're not actively walking in love and how many of you know it's easier to say that than to do that this this past week you know a lady in California flipped off a driver and the driver pulled out a gun shot at the car and killed her six-year-old kid That's not the proper way to respond. you got to have an amen. And yet, in, in big ways and small ways, every single day, you see people living this out. They're not walking in love. They love the Lord Jesus. They would say they're saved. They're going to heaven. But day by day, they're not monitoring the condition of the heart. And if you don't know what the condition of your heart is, just listen to your mouth. I love that one little boy said, love is, you know, when somebody's name is safe in their mouth. I wonder if people's names are safe in our mouths. When that name comes up, is it safe, or is it slandered, or is somehow innuendo a part of it, or is some negative thing being said about that? Look at your neighbor and say, your name is safe safe. in this mouth. Hallelujah. How many you know it's one thing to say that? Yes, Yes, amen. Why is this true? Well, the principle comes from a scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It's from the Amplified. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Shout this out with me. Faith Faith works 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 by love. I mean, everybody in the building shouted out, faith Faith works 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 by by love. It doesn't work without it. Well, I'm believing God. I'm confessing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. If you're not walking in love, your your faith is not actually activated. Love is the switch that activates our believing. There's no power released until the switch of love is turned on and the circuit is complete. Right now, there could be power to this building, but if somebody doesn't hit the main breaker on and turn a switch on, there is no light. There is no peace. There is no warmth. And your house, like your life, can be the same way, cold and dark, and lifeless and barren until you actually hit that switch and get the love of God operating in your life. All the switch is is a device that closes the circuit, causing the power to actually flow. In our lives as Christians, that switch is love. Everything shuts down without it. That shouldn't surprise us, for God so loved the world that He what? that he gave. We wouldn't have salvation if God had love. The Bible says he demonstrated his love in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The scripture says that God is love. That right there tells us that there's something that is supremely above everything else, including hope, including faith. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that in the Apostle Paul's theology, love is tops. So if we don't have it, our faith is not going to work the way we want it to work. I think about this movie, most people that know me personally know that I like westerns, mostly the older ones. Occasionally, though, a new one comes out that I can really appreciate, like the remake of The Magnificent Seven, Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, amen, Ethan Hawke, how can you not like that? And they want to hire him to come in and deal with this rogue gang that's trying to take over their city, to mine it, and they hire Denzel Washington, and he says, so you seek revenge. She says... I seek righteousness, as should be all. And then she goes, but I'll take revenge. (laughs) Come on, now, raise your hand if that resembles you sometimes. (laughs) And yet the scripture says, my dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You got to let the Lord take care of it. Many of you that are like Jesse DePlanis who said, "Lord, I know you said vengeance is yours, but Lord, you take too long." <laughs> Amen. <laughs> believing is doing, but believing is also loving. I know we can do all we want, but if we're not walking in love, nothing we do is going to work. So I'd like to see today. Maybe just a little bit of the frustration that some of you have alleviated by helping you to understand that if you want to be a victorious person, if you want your faith to work, you've got to work on your love walk. How you interact with God, but how you interact with people. Well, I'm just fine with God. It's people I can't stand. There's a problem there. (laughs) Because you can't say I'm fine with God if you're at war with a bunch of people. Oh, yes, I can. No, you can't write your own rules. I'm sorry. (laughs) Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. This is also from the Amplified. If I can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional spiritual devotion, such as inspired by God's love for and in us, I'm only a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers... The gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith so I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, useless, a nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory but have not love, I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient, kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It's not touchy. Fretful or resentful. Come on, say it with me. Love Love. is not touchy. touchy. Fretful or resentful. resentful. It's not prickly. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to the suffered wrong. There's no gunny sack with all the things that people did against you or said against you. How many that's a miserable way to live? dragging that sack around you wherever you go. Well, that's what love is, and that's the standard for love. And I thank God that it's actually here because it helps us really put a handle on what it means to walk in love. The question is, how are you doing in terms of the comparison? How are you doing in terms of the standard that God lays out? Let me help you connect this to your faith for just a moment. Faith won't work in an impatient heart. It just won't. We learn that faith and patience work together. Number two, faith won't work in an unkind heart. You're walking around confessing the word of God, sowing your seed, believing for supernatural increase, and then you're unkind to people you meet throughout your day. That's not going to work. Your faith is not going to work when you're unkind to people. Kelly and I were at a restaurant the other day, and uh, I mean, from the time the girl, you know, walked up, they gave her like six or seven different tables, including one table of 12 people, and that was all hers. And it was her third day on the job. I mean, she was constantly in tears or about to cry. We're simply telling her she's doing a great job, you know. Everybody has to learn whatever it is they're supposed to learn. And I can't figure out why somebody over a stupid meal would want to break somebody's spirit like that. And I also wonder how many of those were Christians that were doing it. So when you're out there throughout your day, I'm just faith-filled, I'm just jacked-up pastor. Praise the Lord for the Word of God. And then you go out to eat and you treat people like garbage that work work in a service industry, you might as well forget about your faith working because faith won't work in an unkind heart. We have to understand that this is not a one-time shot. This is how we live daily. The truth of the matter is every time we're unkind, we pulled ourselves out of faith. God in faith, God in faith, God out of faith, God in faith, God out of faith. And that's how how we're living. And wonder why we're not getting results. It's not just being kind to Christians in church on Sunday morning. It's being kind to people in general because they were made in God's image. And my brother and my sister, you have no idea what those people have gone through. Have no idea what they're dealing with. So the rule has to be, you know what? I'm going to be kind as much as lies with me. I'm going to manifest the love of God through kindness. Number three, faith won't work in the envious or jealous heart. This won't work. You're believing God, but with a jealous or envious eye on what somebody else has or what some of the relationships somebody has, that's not going to work. It's going to shut your faith down. You have to believe God without envy and without jealousy. Number four, faith won't work in the boastful and prideful hearts. You know, being pliable before God has a lot to do with this. Being teachable has a lot to do with this. Being correctable has a lot to do with this. Say it with me. Correction is good. Come on, say it again. Correction is good. Uh, Kelly was telling me that, uh, and Kaylee, congratulations on your graduation, that uh, that she met your dad and mom, and, and your dad's an Irishman. And I couldn't help but love the story that she told because he was explaining how they do church discipline in Ireland. And uh, I thought, don't envy, don't envy, pastor, don't envy the Irish here. He said, why is that? Because they find out that a man is slapping around, a man is slipping around, uh, slapping around her and his wife. They take him out in the middle of the street and the elders beat him to a pulp. hmm Yes, look, there's no reason for you to get nervous. So just settle down. But take him out in the street in front of everybody, in front of civil authorities, church members, bystanders, neighbors, and we heard you've been slapping around your wife. This isn't going to happen again. I'm just sitting there in awe and wonder. (laughs) And the civil authorities won't intervene in church business. And the members won't say, oh, that's so unloving and so unkind. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the man will leave the church. Today, if you tell a Christian you can't do this for a very good reason, they get hurt and on down or you try to correct them. I mean, they run to second church and then second church says, oh, we would never treat you like that. I'm sorry, but I'm believing God for some Irish justice at the end of the church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, Especially, especially if you've been knocking around your spouse. Amen. 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 Keith Moore was talking to this man one time and he said, you know, I just just get angry and I can't stand it. I can't help myself. I just take it out of my wife and I I end up hitting her. He said, uh, imagine if I put a 350 pound linebacker in the room with you. Could you handle yourself then? It's amazing how well we do depending on the context. We do what we want to do. We love or we don't love because it's about the will. It has nothing to do with the circumstances. We need to be correctable. That's right. Part of walking in love is being correctable. Not getting fed up and put out because somebody actually challenged us or said this is a better way to do this or tried to help us out. Amen. It's awful silent in this Irish church. <laughs> faith won't work in the rude heart. Amen. Does God really care about that? Displays the verbal and nonverbal, you know, passivity or aggression Does he cares. Yes, he cares. Faith won't work in the selfish heart. Amen. Say it with me, I refuse to be selfish. This shouldn't come as a surprise, but faith won't work in the bitter heart. I'm to do it. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Irrelevant. You don't know what they said about me. Irrelevant. If you're walking around with a bitterness, it's as if your faith is completely neutralized. And how many you know, whatever somebody said about you or did to you is not worth you compromising your faith? Raise your hand if you're working on something in the faith realm. You're believing God for something. If that's true, you want to make sure that you don't push out that faith with a weed of bitterness or the weed of some variant of hatred or unforgiveness. Can I have an amen? amen. Faith won't work in the unforgiving heart. Mark 11 tells us, yeah, we can say to the mountain when we should. Scripture tells us we should believe in our heart and say with our mouth. But it also says that if we have anything against uh, any others, we should what? Forgive. We should forgive them. And Ephesians 4 tells us just because, just because of the fact that God forgave us in Christ. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to forgive you. Because I've been forgiven. It's always amazed me that uh, a lot of of believers have a double standard when it comes to mercy. They want people to treat them with mercy, but they don't necessarily give the same level of mercy to others. Faith won't work. Your faith won't work in an unmerciful heart. Faith won't work in an unloving heart. Come on, shout it out, my faith won't work in an unloving heart. Just as, just as clear as teaching is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, we believe that. It's not going to work if we're not walking in love. Love is the switch that activates our faith. I want you to see something in the scripture that just kind of illustrates this. In Matthew 10, 1, scripture it says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. How many would agree that God has given his people authority to do the supernatural? Right here, right and plainly, he told them, I'm giving you this authority, I'm giving you this authority. He also gave us the power to do the supernatural. In Luke 10, 17, the 72 returned with joy and said to the Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. But I want you to look at this uh, scripture in Mark chapter 9. Follow along with me and keep in mind these two principles here. God gave them authority and God gave them power. Say this with me. God gave them authority and God gave them power. We're thinking about his followers now. Say it one more time. He gave them authority and he gave them power. But can I tell you something? That's not enough. Mark chapter 9 verse 14 when they came to the other disciples they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them as soon as all uh, as soon as all the people saw Jesus they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him now what were they doing what was going on in the crowd at the time arguing arguing strife all manner of unrest in the heart going on at the very beginning of this particular a story. What are you arguing with them about, he asks. Now, he's directed his question to whom? To his followers. He's asked them, what are you arguing about? In other words, they're in the strife. His followers are not just listening to the strife, they're what? They're in the strife. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son, I brought you my son who is possessed uh, by his spirit, and has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Say it with me. We have power. power. We We have authority. So why couldn't they drive it out? We have power. We have authority. But your disciples could not drive it out. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. How many know that would be a fun day at church? What happened at church in your church today? (laughs) Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood he answered, It has often thrown him into the fire and water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Think about it this way. Everything is possible for somebody who has an activated faith. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Anybody ever been there? And Jesus saw the crowd was running to the scene. He rebuked the evil spirit, you deaf and mute spirit. He said, I command, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. And after Jesus, had gone indoors, his disciples, asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind cometh not only but by prayer. In other translations, prayer and fasting. Amen. How did this paragraph start? Arguing. Watch this in verse 33. Then they came to Capernaum when he was in the house. He asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? What are they doing again? Arguing. Arguing. Before the story of this boy, after the story of the boy, what are the disciples doing? Come on, say, we have the power. We have the authority, but it's not enough. What were they doing before the story? Arguing. What are they doing after the story? Arguing. Can you see that this is in the camp? And if it's in the camp, then it's in somebody's heart. Can I have an amen? But they kept quiet because on the way they were arguing about who was the greatest. Faith won't work in a prideful heart. Faith won't work in a selfish heart. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must, first, uh, he must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a child and had him stand among them and taking him in his arms. He said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. What is he saying? what you guys are doing is completely contrary to the kingdom of God. Watch this again. Say it with me. They had authority and they had power, but they didn't have the switch thrown. The first thing we want to do is look to heaven. If that breakthrough financially doesn't come, or that breakthrough doesn't come in the household or in relationships or spiritually or, or in terms of physical health, our first Look should be inward in our heart to see. We've got the power, we've got the authority, but is the switch on? And clearly, before the story, the switch was off. After the story, the switch was off. We must have a faith that is relevant and growing, but it also must be accompanied with a thing called love. Look at somebody and say, you've got the power. You've got the authority. You need the love. Disciples, there is strife in the camp. There is no love, so there's no power to deliver the boy. Jesus said plainly this type of love is cultivated in an atmosphere of prayer and fasting, which challenges us. We don't go to prayer and fasting, Lord, so that you'll move and you'll heal this boy or whatever. We don't go to prayer and fasting and twist God's arm, make him do something he was not do. We go to prayer and fasting so he can go to work on us. We come out in faith, we come out in joy, we come out in patience, but we come out in what? In love. There's a reason Jesus could could rebuke that spirit and it come out because he was in a place of what? Love. I just said a cursory listing, you know, and I was going to share them all with you, but not for sake of time today. You can just look them up yourself. How many times the Bible says of Jesus, with compassion he did this, and with compassion he did that, and because of compassion he did this to this person. That's got to be the way you operate in the things of God if you want your faith to work. He's the example, and he lived it out for you and for me. Strife, competition, hidden agendas, hidden motives, offense, inability to be corrected, you know, any kind of this manifestation of strife, and you won't be able to produce the results that God wants you to produce. What is that? James 3.16 says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder, and every evil practice. There has to be love for your faith to work. That's why if we only talk about faith or only talk about confession or only talk about getting into the Word, we're missing something in our diet that we need. A lot of Christians need to consider their love walk, and consider it very seriously. And the best place to do that is in a prayer and fasting scenario where God can speak to you, strip things out that don't belong there, and show you for who you really are. Is anybody willing to let God do that? Yes, amen. You can't cast out an evil spirit when you're yielding to one yourself. And that's what the spirit of strife is, Evil. Strife is face kryptonite. What happens to Superman when the kryptonite's in the house? He's done. Your faith is done when strife is around you. That's why when somebody's trying to get you into strife, you just need to shake your head walk away and say, kryptonite. I love you, but you're not worth my faith. I'm not entering into that with you. When somebody starts ragging on somebody, somebody's name is not safe in their mouth, don't you dare that that person's name not be safe in your mouth. You just walk away and say, you know what? I'm not going to yield my faith and destroy my faith for the luxury of entering with you into that strife with that person. I'm going to live my life at a higher level. Can I have a good amen today? Strife, offense, unforgiveness, jealousy, competition, faith will never work in that atmosphere. Ever. So say, it, I have the authority, I have the power, but I need the love. Glory to God. In Psalm 139, Scripture says, verse 23, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. If you're honest and pray that way, he will show you. Amen. You may come out being more of an angel than you think. God could tell you He's very pleased with the condition of your heart, or He could start reminding you of the way you've treated people. Amen. And I think it's appropriate that even Todd hit on this subject today. Rodney talked about it earlier, and, <laughs> and then, you know, Todd mentions it again. There's nothing right about what happened to Joseph but you never see him taking revenge. Even when he brought them over, he toyed with them briefly. But even then, he was in tears over the situation in the reunion. You could see that he never came out of love, and so he never lost his way. It's not just treating people the right way. It's also when somebody treats you the wrong way, you don't retaliate openly or listen or in here thinking of all the ways you can get them. Amen. Remember Brother Copeland talking about this? and Most people that criticize ministries do so because they saw a 30 second clip on YouTube or a Facebook post. But if you know the totality of somebody's life and example in ministry, you'll understand that the 99.99% of the things that are said are lies, first of all, and intending to try to separate people from a reception of that ministry that could help them in their lives. I found that out myself the hard way. But, you know, I can tell you this. that When someone writes a book about you or an article about you or says something ugly about you or puts something on Facebook about you, you know, the, the flesh just wants to rise up and defend, you know, that person or defend yourself for that matter. And I forget what he said. I heard him say this in Chattanooga years and years and years ago. He said, well, you know, don't you care about what's in the newspaper? Don't you care what they put? Don't you care about that article? He said, I don't care about that stuff. You know, tomorrow morning that paper's going to be at the bottom of a birdcage. I think the birds have the right idea. And that's the way you need to be as well. Turn to somebody and tell them the birds have the right idea. If you're not careful, you'll rise up and retaliate and walk right out of love. And in doing that, your faith will be neutralized. And that's exactly what the devil wants. It's not just that the devil doesn't like you or trying to get people not to like you. The devil's after your faith. So make a quality decision to stay in love. Amen. If you're not seeing supernatural increase and breakthrough, check your love walk first. I'm not getting you know, results because of so and so. This isn't working because of them. If they hadn't have done this, then everything would be great. No, what you need to do is sit before the Lord and ask Him How was my own love walk in this situation? Amen. Often it's the switch that's missing from our lives. When you hear someone say, why can't I this, or why don't we that, it's usually the love walk. So how do you cultivate a faith or a love that's going to activate your faith? Say it with me, I've got the authority. I've got the power. I need the love. Well, pastor, you never have to love. This comes naturally to you. When they give you an ordination card, they, they just douse you in love. Well, if they did that, I missed it. Because we cultivate love or don't cultivate love the same way everybody else does. As human as the next guy. Amen. And sometimes I want to see the Lord do little Irish justice. And so do you. But, you know, our perception of God and what his, his priorities are rarely the same thing as what we think. He's, he's patient, loving, and kind. He's trying to reach that person. You and I just want some kind of resolution in the flesh for it. No, the, the, the key for you and for me is to love people even when they treat you like garbage. Amen. Raise your hand if you have a story about somebody that stabbed you in the back, rolled over. Amen. Treated you inappropriately, betray your trust. And you said to yourself, well, you know, that's that's Christians for you, that's people for you. And if you thought Christians were perfect, you were deceived. Amen? When a pastor dunks somebody in baptism, they don't come up perfect. Amen? They went down a working process and they came up the same way. And if you're shocked by the way somebody acts, you shouldn't be because they haven't arrived yet. Your job is to stay in love. Here's what Matthew 22 tells us, verse 34. Here in that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, trusted him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything depends on love. Come on, shout it out. Everything Everything depends depends. on love. So what do you do to cultivate this kind of love that will activate your faith? Number one, decide to love God like he's your father, which means give him the honor, respect, and devotion that he deserves. Without tapping into the love of God, without tapping into living contact with him, there's no way you're going to love other people. You're not going to get this from any other influence in your life. No person's going to infuse you with a love that's capable of loving other people. You're going to have to get it from the Father and show Him the due honor and respect and devotion His name deserves. Then second of all, decide to love people like your Father loves them. How God loves people is very different from how we love them. He loves them unconditionally. He loves them mercifully. He loves them with a never-ending love. You and I love with conditions. Amen. We love with, you know, pieces and portions of mercy, but he gives it all to people. You and I can learn from him. There's nothing magical or secret to walking in love. That's the difficult part. If the pastor would just give us five steps, hallelujah, glory to God, and I'll do those things and I'll be walking in love, praise the Lord. Fixed, done, over. No. It is a moment-by-moment decision. Say it with me. A moment-by-moment decision. And guess what? This week, you're going to have some moments. Moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, staying in love, it is a decision. Which means it's entirely 100% up to you to stay in living contact with God and let that love flow to other people. And when the time comes, the opportunity comes to get upset, amen, to get it all out of sorts, let people have it, walk around with a chip on your shoulder and bitterness and offense, you're going to choose to stay in love. But what if that person doesn't like me? Who cares? Who taught you that life was about trying to get everybody to like you? Most of those people don't even like themselves. Why in the world would they like you? No. Your job is to love God and love people. Say to me, the key to activating my faith is loving God and loving people, blessing people, doing good to people. Jesus tells us to bless those that what? That curse us. He tells us to do good to those who spitefully use us. Amen? To pray for those. If you're not careful, you'll pray, I'm praying for him, Lord. Lord, sick them. Wrong spirit. They did something horrible to you. So what do you do? You intentionally do something that will be good to them. That's how love operates. Amen. They talk ugly about you. What do you do? Get on Facebook, bless God. Let them have it. No. You go around saying good things. Just because your name's not safe in their mouth, Doesn't mean that their name can't be safe in your mouth. What a powerful principle from such a little kid. Amen. Turn to somebody again and say, Your name will always be safe in my mouth. When I talk about you, it's always good things, positive things, edifying things, loving things. I want my faith activated. If it's really important for you to see the end of your faith, make sure that you pay attention to this principle. Say it with me, I've got the authority, and I've got the power, and now I've got the love in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a big hand clap and thank him for it.